plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Welcome back to Locked On Cowboys Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier. Once again, I'm joined by Landon McCool. As always, you can follow him on Twitter, at, Mc, at McCoolBTB. Landon, how you doing today, sir? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I'm ready to talk some defense. You know, one of these times I'm going to get your handle right on the first time. We'll, we'll get there. All right, so let's... I don't think so. <laughs> let's jump right into the linebackers. Uh, on Sunday night, it was announced that Anthony Hitchens has a knee injury that's going to keep him out eight to ten weeks. Uh, on the bright side, that's better than the initial diagnosis of a torn ACL, but it does mean that the Cowboys are going to have a hole at middle linebacker for the next few months. How do you anticipate the Cowboys trying to fill that role or that need at middle linebacker now? I mean, I think they just shift around what they've got. You know, I think uh, they'll, you know, I think they had a plan for Jalen to, you know, get certain spots either in certain packages um, or a certain amount of snaps at the middle linebacker. And, and I think whatever the opposite of what they had planned for Jalen, that it'll be filled in with Justin Durant. Um, you know, I just think that the fact that if we're talking about a pure Mike linebacker in a base defense, I mean, it's, it's not a spot that's getting played as much uh, in, in, you know, as, I guess from recent years, I mean, they, they definitely have a role for linebackers, uh, but I think that the, the role that Anthony Hitchens like specifically filled that Jalen specifically fills, uh, I don't think that's, I know, I know a lot of people are worried that Jalen is going to have to be the guy to fill that spot, but I think that there's a, a lot, a large portion of Anthony Hitchens snaps that can be eaten up in you know nickel situations by a Justin Durant or a Mark Zacha or you know a, 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 a Wilbur a, a Wilson you know those guys they can take they can take the brunt of a lot of those key snaps away where you know I, I mean I think you know in a spot like that that uh, Deacon defense where I think Jalen would be a good uh, starter there and then you know as far as like actually playing in the base you know you, you give those spots to fifty two. And let him run. Is it fifty-two now? I can't remember. He six so. Durant as well. Describe that Deke so. defense to the people yeah, out but, there that don't know what it is. Yeah, it's like a it's like a weird kind of a nickel defense. It's like a three down lineman, two two linebacker, a six defensive back. Uh, is that right? Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. uh, defense that uh, that uh, they basically kind of uh, do like a peppering the a gaps where they basically uh, both linebackers will show blitz. Um, and, uh, so, but, you know, at the snap, they'll either both blitz, one will blitz and one will drop off into coverage or both drop off into coverage. And you just kind of never know what's going to happen. It puts a lot of pressure on, on, uh, your interior, uh, offensive lineman, specifically the center. Um, and, and potentially gives you an opportunity to give pressure right up the middle and, and just really kind of give a, a quarterback a, a look that he just, he doesn't know exactly what he's going to be getting out of those guys that are right in his face. 
Right. So I have a few thoughts on Hitchens. First of all, he was having a fantastic camp, and that's kind of what's sad about this whole thing. He was. He, he was finally getting comfortable at one position because last year they kind of threw him around a bunch of spots before he kind of settled into that middle linebacker spot. This year you could see his confidence growing. Uh, I thought he played fantastic against the uh, Rams a few weeks ago. So it's sad for him. He's scheduled to hit free agency at the end of the season. I'm hoping that he can, you know, return to 100% by November, and you know they can stick him right back in the lineup. As for replacing him, my gut tells me that they're going to use Justin Durant, and maybe they'll use Damian Wilson a little bit there too. I, I'm not sure, um, but if it was me, and I, and I like to throw out these kind of you know scenarios just to kind of get people thinking, um, I would look to make a trade. Oh, I will listen. I, I'm going to back it up a little bit though. So. A guy that I've mentioned before is Reggie Ragland out in Buffalo. Uh, they're looking for a sixth or seventh round pick for for him. The Cowboys had him 39th on their board just a year ago. So, I mean, they obviously liked him last year. So why not throw a conditional pick at him to have a, you know, a, a true middle linebacker on your team? Are you against throwing a conditional pick at him? Yeah, I am. I, I just because I, I don't think that, because I, I just don't know that you you don't need it. Like I don't I don't think you need it. And I and I think that it's a temporary it's a temporary injury. Uh, I mean, it may be a guy that you end up needing to replace, but I think you end up replacing him with the draft with the, maybe that draft pick. You know, and I just a seventh I just rounder though. Like, you, you know, what are the odds that you're going to find a seventh rounder that's going to come in and give you quality starts right away? You know what I'm saying? It's almost I like. I mean, first of all, first it, of all, go ahead. I, I first of all, I don't know that they're, they're going to take my conditional seventh rounder for Reggie Rag, or they're going to cut him. Second one of, of two. all, like I just, well, I mean, you know, that's fine. But I mean, if he gets cut, then we'll find out exactly what he's worth. But to me, it's like I understand what you're saying, but like I think that we've got guys who can handle the job. And I think that like trading away picks and panicking is just not what they should do. I, I think that they've got guys that are that are capable to to hold the job down until either Hitchens is ready or you know, frankly, at that point, maybe Jalen is ready to take the whole job. So uh, I mean, I, and I know that like your faith in Jalen is none. But uh, I think that I think that, you know there's an opportunity that that you know by that point, I mean why would you and you got another extra linebacker that you just don't need and I I just feel like this is not this is not worth creating another roster situation down the road for I, he's got a a two month injury it's not great but I think you just temporary IRM hold on to his spot and then figure out what you're doing and don't add another body there just because you don't necessarily need it i think that's that's really what it comes down to for me is you just don't you don't need it and i think i think it's it, i understand what you what you what you're thinking it's it's not a big value it's not a big thing to pick, give up and 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 you're going to get a guy that clearly they liked at one point and, and and you know it's obviously very possible that they do that maybe he can play a different spot to move outside but I, I, to me i got a lot of linebackers on this team that i kind of want to get on the field and and um, it's unfortunate that Hitchens uh, got injured, but I, these my guys know my system, and I'm and I'm ready to see what they can do. So I, I get what you're saying, but I, I like Damian Wilson more than I like Reggie Ragland. I think right now. 
All right, let's go ahead and talk about one of those linebackers that you want to get on the field. Jalen Smith, uh, the expectation was that he was going to play about 24 snaps. I think he only ended up playing 12. Um, I I don't know what to think of Jalen because you can see that his instincts are getting better and he is shaking off the rust. But at the same time, I have a hard time looking at Jalen and believing that he's 100% because I remember what the Notre Dame Jalen Smith linebacker looked like. He looked like the but, best but, athlete but, on the field. But, but why does that but why does that matter? Well, I don't understand why that matters though. That that that's that's why I that's why this there's this like preconceived idea that like if he's not if he doesn't look like the guy who wore the jersey in Notre Dame that he can't be on the field and give you meaningful snaps. Like if he if he can if he can stay on the field if it like which I'm not suggesting that I know that he can, but I'm saying like if he has the ability to physically withhold, you know, withstand the 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 cardio aspect of it, then I I don't understand. Yeah, he's he's not where he was yet at at, at that point, but I also think that he is significantly closer than he was last week, and he's significantly closer than he was two weeks ago. So if we're seeing progress and he's good enough to be on the field, like. It's. I mean, I think this idea that like if he's not a hundred percent, then I don't want to have anything to do with them is is silly. No, because I don't. I, think I, that I, I don't Jaylen think it's Smith that. Is, I don't think it's that. I just don't think. I don't think he's a useful player right now, and, and that's that's hard to say. But I don't think well, that. Why? Well, well, I just don't think that's a guy that you can put into an actual NFL game right now and feel comfortable playing because I think it's clear that he's he. He looks clunky on the field. I, I think he just doesn't have enough speed yet and explosiveness yet to play in the middle where you got to be taking some huge drops and you got to be I able mean, to... I Maybe you disagree. Go ahead. Tell me why you disagree. I saw him... I saw, I saw him... I saw him get Chase Cordell Patterson to the outside on a, on a reverse sweep that he went one way, then planted off his left foot and got to the sideline and, and pushed Cordell. I mean, was the outside, the inside out pressure to, that he needed to be to get Cordell Patterson all the way to the edge to string it out to the edge of to like a three yard game? I mean, like, what? I mean, that was Cordell Patterson taking a reverse. Like, and he, like I said, uh, he went, he took a false step and still got, got where he needed to be. So, I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I understand what you're saying. Like, he doesn't look like the fluid athlete, but at the same time, the results are there. Like, have you seen his, the results of him not being able to physically do his job? Because I haven't really seen that. I've seen him miss tackles because he didn't wrap up. I've seen him get to a place in the backfield and then over pursue. I've seen him overrun plays, but I haven't seen a situation where oh he he couldn't he couldn't do it. Like I I have at least I haven't seen that. Uh, and then I guess that's my thing is that everyone who's talking, everyone who's, who's, who's bringing criticism to him, which is legitimate. I think he has there's criticism on him, right. but everyone's criticism on him has been about about technique. And and I think when people start talking about the physicality of it, they just, I mean, everyone just kind of brushes off the fact that he's doing it. All right, out there. all right. So here, like he's doing it. Here, here's things. my thought. So the, the Cowboys drafted him in the second round because they thought. Pre-injury, that this was a top. Uh, they, actually, they yeah, they said it. This was their top player on their board. 
I'm just, I, I don't want to say disappointed because I'm not disappointed because I, I didn't think Jalen Smith was going to get on the field in preseason at all. I, to me, it just looks like two totally different players. Th- that player that I saw at Notre Dame was a generational linebacker. And it's hard for me to watch this version and think, okay, we got the same player. And when you compare him to even you know, a guy like Damian Wilson, I, I just think Wilson's a much better player right now. So maybe it's not that, that uh, Jalen's not useful. I, I just think there's a lot of other players on the roster that are better than him right now. And it's kind of frustrating is maybe the best way to put it because – But, go but ahead. not at linebacker. Well, well, the Hitchens injury, the in, I mean, like, look, the Hitchens look, injury like, hurts. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, I would watch Hitchens and and you know in the reaction drills and and there it's not like Hitchens is getting their two two foot links ahead of Jalen Smith. They're getting there at the same time. It, you know, I mean, I understand like that like it doesn't look right, but but what what Jalen? I mean, I think the thing that's deceiving too is that Jalen is extremely leggy. So, you know, like he is covering a ton of ground, even though it doesn't look like he's running like a fluid athlete. So he's not getting as many pitter-patter steps, but his his stride is getting him where he needs to be very quickly. Kind of, in a lot of ways, like Rolando McClain, just hmm. as a different they, – they play different sort of games. But uh, to me, uh, look, I, I, he, I understand what you're saying. And he isn't – but I also think that he isn't a, like completely done healing yet. And I, and I think that – if he can give us some snaps, at least, you know, I think he can be average starter snaps while he's working towards becoming that, getting back to being that generational athlete. Then I don't understand what, like, I understand that everyone wants it, wants it right now, but it's, it's not happening right now. So why can't we take what he's giving us, which is uh, enough to receive and, and play. I don't think this is just PR moves that they're putting him on the field. The guy's going out there and doing things. Like, now, I'm not the one who's out here saying that you know he made that tackle for a loss by himself when I saw Paya, Paya yeah. you know, get the guy out on the screen. For, Paya, get out there on the screen first. Like, I, you know, I'm not trying to falsely you know suggest that he's out there destroying people and ruining the world, but I also think that he's he stepped out there without too much problem and and did a good job, and when all, none of no, no one even expected him ever to get on the field, so I, I think that I, I, at this point, like, I think he can give us something on the field. I think he's going to give us snaps, and I don't think it's because uh, you know it's a, a pride issue or you know because they're trying to show us they were right about. Him. I think he's a good player who can do things for this team, and I think that's I, I think we should allow him the opportunity. Uh, that's my soapbox. <laughs> very, very good, very good. Um, yeah, so uh, maybe I, I need to relax a little bit on my Jalen stance, but that would be off-brand, so we're not going to do that. You're, Let's go ahead you're, you're and, and not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, Marcus. No, but it's <laughs> you're just, just uh, you're just you're just you're impatient. You're impatient. I mean, am I impatient? We've waited so long on Jalen. I don't know. I, I don't know. We need to. We we got to get the other player. Yeah, we can't. Yeah. This can't be a Jalen podcast yeah. every single time we talk about the defense. So, let's pause so I can tell you about our friends at Sesney. Buying and selling a home can be stressful. That is until you meet the Sesney Premier Realty Group. Their professional and experienced real estate agents of the Sesney Premier Realty Group provide service that is second to none, focused on building personal relationships with our clients. Sesney Premier Realty Group Realtors seek to understand their clients' needs and wants to ensure those needs and wants are met every time. 
and will strive to provide a hassle-free buying and selling experience as they assist their clients with all their real estate needs. No matter the situation, they're here to help. If you or someone you know is buying, selling, or relocating, if you are struggling with the possibility of a short sale or foreclosure, the Sesame Premier Realty Group knows that you deserve the best and will make sure that you get the best. If you currently need or think you will have real estate needs in the future, contact the Sesney Premier Realty Group directly at 469-672-6987. That's 469-672-6987. You can also visit their website at www.yourdfwhomesolution.com. All right, let's talk about the trenches a little bit. Let's talk about your guy, Stephen Paya. And Malik Collins, because I think you ha- kind of have to talk about them together, because they're, I think they're going to play most of their snaps together. Um, we mentioned Pia already a couple times on this podcast. I thought he was fantastic. Uh, Malik Collins gave Gabe Jackson, uh, you know, a Pro Bowl guard, all that he could handle. Uh, I've said multiple times on this podcast. I think Collins is the guy that's most likely to break out the season to make it to his Pro Bowl, to his first Pro Bowl. What did you see from that combination of Pia and Collins? Yeah, they, they really gave him a, a, a lot of trouble, especially in the run game, and especially as the snaps uh, got wore on. I feel like they got better. Um, I feel like they, they started to figure out these guys a little bit and um, and it started kind of getting uh, some movements. I think there was, there was specifically one run where I can't remember who it was that ended up with getting the tackle for a loss, but uh, I remember um, Collins, yeah, <laughs> flying past uh, uh, Gabe and and getting into the backfield and, and basically being tackled um, so that he didn't make a like a four or five yard uh, tackle for a loss. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I think you know clearly these guys have had good work against our guys and then now they've done uh, some good work against um, against you know some of these upper echelon uh, interior guys. I mean it's hard. Frankly, I mean, I don't think you can come up with a better interior three than the Cowboys and the Raiders. Again, no matter who the Cowboys' left guard is, um, and I and I think that they passed that test. So now, now really, to to me is can these guys be the kind of engine that drives this this pass rush? Because I mean, that's what they're going to need to be. I mean, I I think we've seen some really good things from from some of the outside guys like Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, as he started to work his way back into shape. But, you know, as usual in this defense, uh, things are going to kind of generate it from that three technique position. And I think when you pair it with a guy like uh, Paya, Paya, who can, Paya, who can, uh, we'll get it, Paya, who can uh, we'll, push the front of the pocket. We'll get it yeah, right by the Paya, end of the season. Paya, Paya, Paya. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, you get a guy in there who can push, like, literally push the front end of the pocket back into the quarterback's lap. Um, and uh, I don't think literally it's figuratively still, but it, it, anyway, they could compress the pocket um, for the front and from the sides. It's just going to give quarterbacks less room to operate, and then eventually it's going to it's going to cause sacks because some of these guys uh, are going to be able to step up at all, and that's going to help these uh, speed rushers on the outside get home. Yeah, one quick guy I want to mention: uh, Lewis Neal played with those guys a little bit. They actually rotated him in with the first team defense. Got a sack. Just a little humble brag here because I like him a lot. Um, last guy I want to touch on. <laughs> I, I know I got thrown in there. Is uh, Demontre Moore? Um, yeah. Hey. One, once again, 
to Montre Moore is fantastic. I believe he had a sack, he had a hurry, he had a quarterback hit and two tackles. Um, played a little bit of right defense end. They stood him up on one play. They had him slide in on the nickel and play defensive tackle. Uh, I think this is a guy that, once he's back from his suspension, will absolutely be a part of the Cowboys' rotation. I, is he a top three defensive end on this roster right now? Maybe. I mean, I don't. Is after David Irving and uh, Demarcus Lawrence, is there anybody playing better than Demontre Moore right now? See, I don't really look at. I look at David Irving and Demontre Moore now as kind of like specialty players right. now. I mean, they're they're like because I mean you've got. Irving as I mean, and I think that's really the reason that they don't necessarily want to like start him at left defensive end is I think what they want to do is is kind of situationally strategically line him up up and down the the defensive line depending on matchup and let him go against people and destroy the you know your weakest link and along those lines, I kind of think Demontre Moore is going to be a similar type of maybe more of a speed rusher version of that where. Uh, yeah, and we saw we've seen it a lot through the preseason, and he's really the only guy you've seen do this, where they're lining him up in a two point stance, uh, kind of in a Leo. Position. Yeah, I was just about to say um, for all those people up, that wrote all those Leo, they're pieces lining like three him up years ago. They yeah, they, <laughs> they 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 line him up as a as a three technique, which is uh, very weird. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I kind of think that they lined him up as a defensive tackle on a. On a short yardage yes, they situation did. They did, too. Did you see that? Yeah, I think it's just that because was really of... weird because I think I think. Go ahead. They could blow up the play. He could yes, get absolutely. through so he could get through so quickly that he can he can blow up whatever uh, you know short run it is. And, and I think it, it was an interesting idea, but I, I think that clearly what they have they have a plan for fifty eight. Like it's not even just like oh is he going to be like your first or second right defensive end? And no, I think like they actually have. They have specific outside of the normal scheme plans for both David Irving and for uh, Demontre Moore uh, because they know that they need to, they need to find a way to generate pressure and sacks and and I think the way to do that is to find guys who can generate pressure and sacks and then put those guys in the best position and sometimes that that means not just pigeonholing them to a specific position. Yeah, so I remember hopping on your podcast back in March when we were talking about some of those free agent signings and and talking about Demontre Moore, how this was a low-risk, uh, high-ceiling type of signing. And I don't think they could have expected anything more from more than what they have right now because he's been productive and he's been versatile. I'm excited to see what he looks like during the regular season because he is that one guy that has that bend and twitchiness uh, of their defensive ends. So I'm excited to watch him in week three when he comes back from the suspension. Really quickly, any other guys you want to throw out that you thought performed well or that kind of stood out when you were watching them initially? No, I mean, I think I think at, as far as that goes, I think, you know, I just wanted to add in that uh, to me, the, the other thing with Demontre Moore is that he really seems – you know, I, his whole thing coming out of college was was about his his what's between his mm-hmm. ears was his maturity where it needed to be. He had a whole thing with uh, who was it from the Giants? 
was it Hankins? Yeah, yeah. Someone about not getting him headphones or something like that, and you know, for a Christmas gift, and something stupid happened. And you know, it seems like he's uh, just you know hanging around training camp. It seems like he's very well liked in the defensive line room. Like they have fun. It seemed like he kind of took over the. Uh, I don't know if you saw that gif, the, the Terrell McClain yes, the dancing. Uh, yep. uh, job of, of getting, getting the dancing going, So, uh, which is awesome. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's really fit into the, the group really well, which is just something I thought I'd add in is that he's not – he doesn't feel like just a hired gun. Like he feels – I mean he, he grew up a Cowboys fan. He's from Dallas. Uh, so I, I feel like he feels like he's home. And I think maybe that's given him a level of focus. And, uh, you know, he's, he did some stuff like went off in the Von Miller uh, pass rush camp. And he just – it feels like he's starting to finally kind of tap into that skill set that we all saw at Texas A&M, which is fantastic. Uh, I, I don't know. There really isn't anyone I want to, else I want to talk about. I mean, I, I think – you know, I think the secondary we kind of didn't really get a chance to touch on. They didn't have the best night. They didn't have the worst night. I mean, I think – Cooper is a. I, mean, I think Carr is a, is a difficult quarterback to go against. Obviously, Byron Jones had one particularly bad angle on uh, on that deep on that long touchdown pass. Um, but other than that, I, I feel like we kind of saw what we thought. Um, I'm interested now to see some of these. Obviously, the young defensive backs some more because we just have not seen them very much. Um, but I do think that uh, I like mostly what I saw. Um, from the defense besides some, you know, mistakes that, you know, that I think they can clean up. I think that's just about tightening up angles and, and, and making sure that the, the holes in the zone are smaller. Yeah, just real quick, one guy I want to touch on is Nolan Carroll. Um, I think when the Cowboys brought him in, they were envisioning him replacing either Morris Claiborne or Brandon Carr, and I'm officially concerned because – the Raiders just kind of picked on him all in their first two drives. To me, it looks like he's kind of lost his ability to, you know, flip his hips and drive on the ball. And that's concerning because that's the biggest reason why they got rid of Carr is they just kind of felt like he was a little bit too stiff. So I'm not sure where they're going to play him, you know, week one against the Giants. I don't think you can play him against Beckham. It's probably going to have to be against Marshall. Uh, We'll see. Maybe it was just one bad game from Nolan Carroll, but I am – concerned about that other spot i would play anthony brown and orlando skandrick as your two corners and only play Noel carroll where you have to that's it for today's show make sure you subscribe to the podcast on itunes hit us up with a five-star review make sure you follow us on twitter at locked on cowboys you can also follow landon at mccool btb i got it right for the first time and you can follow me at marcus wow. underscore mojo i know you should be so proud uh tomorrow we'll be taking your twitter questions thanks for tuning in We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. The list.